This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Today is the definitive and highly anticipated ninth annual What to Give an Architect for Christmas gift guide. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Bob Borson, and I am joined today by my good friend and architect, Andrew Hawkins. Hey there. As it turns out, Landon, my previous co-host, likes being 25 years old more than he liked recording podcasts, so he has decided to step away and focus his attention on fewer pursuits. He was great, and I still like him. He still sits next to me in the office, but as it turns out, recording and editing a podcast takes a lot of time and work, and he wanted to do other things in his spare time. <laughs> that was a little tip of the cat to my good buddy Landon. All right. So, hi, Andrew. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right today. Are you excited to be sitting in the front room of my house? Of course I am. Always excited to be in the Borson household. I know. Uh, it's just the best place for me to be right now. Yeah. Well, you know, fight the cat off. I'm trying. That's something that... Landon had to deal with as well. Yeah. Cat attraction. Something about that spot on the couch over there. Cats want to be there. It's probably spot. When there's nobody here, this is where the cat actually They're never there. In this corner, nice and curled up. They're right? never there. Oh. I think it's maybe like Landon, you both look like you have very soft, comfortable laps. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll try not to take that as a dig. You shouldn't. Yeah. Do you like shopping for Christmas presents? I don't. I don't mind it, actually. It's not too bad. It's not my favorite thing to do, but... I, it's not. It's not your favorite thing to no, do. No, it's not my favorite thing to do. But I can. I can manage. There are only a few people on my list that I always have a hard time with. You know, and it's like my grandmother or my mother. But you everybody else, I can. I can manage. Right. You don't just get your grandmother like a jumbo pack of sweet and low packets. No, I don't really do that. <laughs> I try to be a little more thoughtful than that. You know. Meanwhile, here's some ketchup packets. Yes. Here's a plate of sugar cookies that I took from a function. A separate party that I went to yesterday <laughs> in the office. Actually, no, I'm regifting the stuff that a product rep brought by. Yeah. Here is your you know. grandma. Here is a squishy donkey. No, they bring food at the holidays, oh, right? Okay. They bring food. They bring candy. They bring cookies. Yeah. Do My you get a lot of that? Yeah, I have one that I can count on every year. They bring us a giant sandwich tray, and it's fantastic. Like <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah, my office man, they go nuts, and it's not like pre-made sandwiches, right? Like they bring us it's like a meat and cheese tray, and then they bring like the condiments, and then like a sack of like little buns and stuff. In my office, they usually go nuts, and like a sack. The youngsters, yeah, nice. A the, bag. We call it a, a bag. bag. Sure. <laughs> the youngsters in my office are like, awesome, man. This is lunch for like the next three weeks or whatever, and so they're like, Ugh. I'm like, okay. Fine. So yeah. I have one the day that it shows up, but then after that, it usually gets scavenged by the you know young, the yeah. young poor kids in my office. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We got one of those. We've gotten a couple of those actually, and you get like a like these buckets of mustard. <laughs> you know, there's something about it that I go. It's always like roast beef. It's the I'm not a sandwich guy. Yeah, I mean I like sandwiches. Don't be wrong, but I don't like eating other people's sandwiches because frankly, I think my sandwiches are better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want I want a little something for the effort. Like, I would never go out to a restaurant and get a sandwich. You're wasting my time, bro. Well, at a restaurant, but do you don't, like, have a sandwich for, like, lunch sometimes? If I make it and bring it, I will. But you wouldn't buy a sandwich? I would, no. I would never go to, like, a deli and get a sandwich. Interesting. I know people that f- feel like sandwiches are the only appropriate lunch meal. Like, that's all they want for lunch is mm. a sandwich all the time. Yeah. I'm not anti-sandwich. Don't Don't get me wrong. 
I just don't want a sandwich. I don't want to go out and pay for a sandwich that I can make. So, like, if I go to, there's certain sandwich places where, like, the bread is different, right? Like, I can't make that kind of bread. So, I do that. But you could buy that kind of bread. No, you can't. Of course you can. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. Thanks for joining us today on Sandwich Talk. <laughs> so, I hate, I hate shopping so much. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how much I hate to shop. And it's not because I don't like giving gifts to people. I love that. I just, I don't like going into crowds. I'm, it sounds like I'm very, like, I just hole up in a box. Like, I live in a refrigerator box until I get wrapped and I go to work. But that's not true. I just don't like going to malls. I don't like walking behind people. that are, like, five people shoulder to shoulder. And they're, like, talking about how they like boiled eggs or whatever. And I'm just like, just get out of the way. I came here to get something done. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get out of here. That's my mentality. And it, it's not the right mentality when you're buying a gift for someone that you care about. Angry. <laughs> you know, that's not the right I don't like being in that mood, so I'd much rather go like, oh, I just watched this hilarious comedian on YouTube, and oh, it made me think about this gift I'm going to buy on Amazon. Yes. And I'm happy, because I'm thinking about how much cats are better than dogs from a comedic standpoint. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm not, when I say I'm shopping, I don't necessarily go to malls and stuff either. I'm, I'm 90% of what I do is online. Some people really like leaving the house, and I don't even like doing that. Yeah, I don't want to leave the house. I'm an old guy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fine. So that's a great segue. Shopping in the comfort of my, you know, pajamas and sofa. Well, that's a lovely segue. Two guys talking about how much they hate to shop. Let's get into the gift guide. <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> Perfect segue. So I started putting this gift guide together in 2010, which was the first year that I started my blog. That makes this from the research that I've done, which was exhaustive. Extensive. Yes. Uh, the longest running architecturally themed gift guide in history you're a part of history now andrew i am yeah is this even back to you know 1410 or whatever when you yeah. were in school yeah in 1410 when i was in eighth grade yeah. <laughs> there weren't this wasn't put together for when you people. got your first job that's right yeah. okay so i'm gonna say this the only thing worse than shopping which we've already established that we're not we don't love it is shopping for an architect they suck to shop for because they are exceedingly particular and you know that they think your taste is garbage. This is true. This is totally true. Even architects think that of other architects. Let's be honest, right? Yes. It, yeah, yeah, we all know. Yeah. This is this is not this is not trade secrets we're giving away here. Yes. Everybody knows this. They're, they're, it's really not great. So, what is the well-intentioned gift giver to do? Right. That's the question. So, architects do like doodahs, but this is kind of a slippery slope. At least it is in in my world. It has to be a timeless doodah. And one that is very well made as proof of their awesome taste and worldly knowledge. Because they want to show it off. If you're going to have something sitting out and it's a doodah, you really want people to go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And I find that the doodahs, though, for architects are usually really expensive doodahs, right? It's like, yeah. yes, this is my, you know, whatever salt and pepper shaker. And they were $1,000 each because yes. they're really important. No, we do not put salt or pepper in them. They just sit on our kitchen table. That's right. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. They're exquisite. Yeah. Back away. Don't breathe on my salt and pepper shaker. Exactly. Yeah. They're like in the living room on the table. They're not even, you know, nowhere near the kitchen. Yeah, it's not near food. So that's where I come in with my list of things to get your architect for Christmas. So really the smart angle here is that since I myself am an architect, if the architect you are shopping for doesn't like to gift off of this list, you can blame me. So how can you lose? Did you know that when I first started this list, it was basically the list I put together for myself 
to give my family. So the first list in 2010, I was like, let's see, what does Bob want? Like, this is what I want. And I went, I could turn this into a blog post. <laughs> like, this is what you should buy. So I had like two sw- birds, one stone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, sweater vest. <laughs> that was on like what the, one of the first lists was like clothing. Ooh, this is a comfy pair of socks. Give me some of those. All right. So basically, this is literally, this list is built upon things that I actually want, which makes sense, right? I mean, I'm telling you, if I want it, other people should probably want it too. At least. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I understand the premise. Yes. So so in that spirit, since 2010, and year, every year I've done this list, and I've already started getting emails from people saying, when's the list coming up? So to that end, let's get to the goodies. You ready? Sure. Okay. We're going to do five each. I'll start. So I'll, I'll tell one of my amazing gifts and we'll talk about it if we want to. Or you could just say, that's terrible. You didn't tell me they had to be amazing. <laughs> I didn't. You're right. You didn't was, preface it. You just said gifts. You didn't say they yes. had to be amazing. All right. That's my so bad. I'm going to apologize in advance maybe for some of my choices. <laughs> yes. A box of paper clips. Very useful. Yeah, they are practical. Every architect needs them. So I'll do mine. And you'll comment or if you feel so moved, which you will. I mean, if you can work your way through the tiers of like how amazing the gifts on this list are. I'm overselling this. The first one. <laughs> if I can actually maneuver the ability yeah, to speak after right. I hear the gift. Because the first gift on my list is an Instapot or Instant Pot made by Instant Pot. Do you know what these things are? Yeah, it's like a super cooker thing, right? Yeah, it's a it's a. Crock pot pressure cooker. Yes. They're all the rage. I know they are. I well, they have been for a for, couple of years. Yeah, at least a year. Yeah. I did. I had to do research because I was talking... I, originally, I was going to put a crock pot on this list. It's the best way to make the one pot slop. It is one pot slop. It is. You know, the thing is, is, so I do like to cook. And I we have a crock pot. We have a big one. And I like it. So I was going to put one on the list because the truth is, I think it's a good gift. I think a crock pot is a good gift for somebody. And my wife, and this literally was last night, she goes, crock pot? That's so old school. And I go, what? She goes, everyone's into the instant pot now. And so I had to go, like, last night, I'm scrambling doing research, and I was like, okay, I get it. I read, a, I actually read an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about, like, the differences between the two of them, and like, they're kind of describing the craze of it. And there's nothing a crock pot, or rather, there's nothing an instant pot can do that a crock pot can't do. Like a slow cooker, I'll just say slow cooker instead of using brand name. The Instant Pot and the Slow Cooker, they do the exact same thing. The really only difference is one does it in a fraction of the time, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a person who gets prepared, like you're like, oh, I want to have stew for dinner. Before I go to work, I'm going to put all the stuff in the pot and then go go to work and then come home and my food is waiting for me. Get a Slow Cooker. If you're that person that comes home from work and goes, well, I don't know what I want to eat. I can make stew, but I don't have eight hours. Hey, guess what? The Instant Pot is for you. Yes. Yeah. Would you ever use either of those two things? Yeah, actually, I do. I've been wanting to get a uh, one of them that I can control from my phone. That's how bad it is, right? <laughs> um, and the reason, though, is so that I can put some stuff in it before I go to work, but that I can like turn it on at the right time so that when I get home... Well, you can do that. Well, the Instant Pot does... A timer kind of It has thing, a timer right? built yeah. into it, right? I have an old one, right? I have yeah. a, a 1412... Slow cooker that has a on, oh no, it has a high and a low, and yeah. that is it. Yeah. Like one knob, and that's all it does, right? So there's the uh, the chance that if I turn it on before I go to work in the morning, by the time I get home, you know, because I'm an architect, I kind of work a little bit later, that all the liquid is, you know, 
evaporated out of whatever I was trying to cook, right? right. So it's like, yeah, I don't have stew now. I have some other sort of consistency of something. Yeah, yeah it's just turned into gruel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Well, most of them now, if you bought one that wasn't made in the 15th century, have the ability to set a timer on them. Yeah. And that's true for both Instant Pot and Crock Pots. So, but anyway, I'm a fan. And now I'm, but I'm wondering, now that I did all this research, when I want to make something in the crock pot, I prepare for it, right? So I have the ability to do it. Uh, the question is, is would I ever want to come home from work and go, wow, I'd really like this one pot slop thing. And I only want to step, spend an hour making it. Yeah. Right. I don't know that I'm that person either. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think about the instant pot thing, is they, they bill them kind of as a, as a, it's a seven in one thing. It's a rice cooker. It's a steamer. It's a, all these other yeah, things. Yeah. You can make right? yogurt in it. Yeah. Right. So, and, Again, you might be able to do the same thing in a slow cooker, but they don't. You can. They don't market it as such, right? Which I think yeah. is another part of the. I bet they'll the, start the craze thing, right? The reason that it got so because it's like it's a seven in one utensil. Yeah, and so it kind of got popular because of that. Yeah. Well, it's really the the, the only difference is the speed. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's like a pressure cooker, right? A mini pressure cooker. Essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. And the article I read is like the texture of the food's no different. No, there's like there's no difference except for the time it takes to prepare it. Which for some people that's a big deal, yeah. right? So I think it's a good gift, but slow is a slow cooker, right? Yeah, I agree. So that's the first gift on my list. All right, you're up. I am up. Okay, along those things that have absolutely nothing to do with architecture, I have a a bocce ball set. Does it come with a bocce ball court? Well, no. You have to do that on your own, right? I think it's. I like playing bocce. Yeah. I would like to have a like a area in my backyard. I have a spot for it for when my kids don't want a playground anymore. My sister has a bocce ball. She put it, she built it herself. Nice. And it was not a small undertaking. Yeah. Because first off, you got to like, you stake it all out, you dig it out, you got to put in the rock base, and then you got to put in the masonry dust on top of that. And there's like railroad ties or what they use for the borders. And they're mm-hmm. driving through giant rebar to hold it in place. And, yeah. and she got, I don't know, two or three of her friends to help. One, it, it wasn't cheap. It's awesome. I should start off by saying, it's awesome. So if it's something you want to do, A, you could totally do it. She did it. And she has, like, no building skills at all. And uh, Yeah, she does. She could build a bocce court. Well, yeah, but that's about, I think that's the only thing she's ever done. Yeah. Right? And she said, I want to do this. So that's what she did. So the point being, if this is something where you have an interest, you could tackle it and make it happen. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I have a area where this playground is that it's already built up and it has the border except right now it's got you know grass all in it right? real nice grass <laughs> so i just have to scrape that stuff out because it, it, but i could make a court there but yeah. i like the thought of you know having a couple of drinks playing bocce you know yeah i like the sound of that it's nice yeah you know get a couple other architectural friends around we could enjoy that and you know yeah, and it turned into a conversation about like the design of the ball. Sure, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and exactly. And we, you know, measurements and angles and all these other things about I don't you know, know. totally dissecting the game for no good reason. Yeah, but if it was just you and me, we'd just probably get drunk. Yeah, and like it turned into something else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And maybe that's a majority of my friends, but you know, yeah. All right, do you shot put this ball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I throw it backwards between my legs and still get there? I would absolutely. That would be me. Yeah. No question. Yeah, That's least. a good gift. I like it. All right. I'm going to take us in a more technological angle. So the next thing on my list are noon home switches. So full disclosure, I'm in love with these things. 
and they're not on this year's list because I want them, you can simply glance over to the wall right there and right over there and see that I already have them and they're amazing. <laughs> right. I really do like them. They're a lighting system that can be installed in new or existing construction. They use existing three, three wire. Like you have to have a, you know, basically a positive and negative and a, and a ground. You have to have ground wire. Installing them is really pretty easy. I mean, I don't like doing electrical work because you can kill yourself. Like I'll, I'll tackle just about anything. It just takes a breaker and you can not kill yourself. I know, but like I've been in houses where you're like, oh, I'm going to flip this breaker and it, something's still jacked up. Like they've triple legged it to something else and then somebody flips a switch and that becomes hot again. And there's some weirdness that goes on sometimes. So this is true. So I just kind of worry about it, but I don't have a problem replacing switches and outlets. I've done that in every house I've ever owned. So, so I got a, like a huge pack. So I saw these. I went out to the Cedia convention. And you won them. I know. I saw. I know. I heard. I won them. And it, so it wasn't just... So the one that I'm putting on this list is kind of like a starter's kit. So there's like a director's switch, which has like an OLED screen on it. So you can swipe it and set scenes and whatever. But it also works like a traditional light switch. You can just press it and the lights turn on or off. Like you don't have to swipe it and do all this different stuff to make it work. And it... You can sync it to, like, if you have uh, Amazon or Google or any, like, a Siri or whatever, you can say, hey, Google, turn on the lights in the living room, and it will it will control it for you. So it's voice activated. You can also use your phone to set up different scenes, you know. So it also has, like, a nightlight feature to it so that you can set the hours so that it can detect movement so that if you get up at 2 in the morning and you walk into a room and it will turn the lights on to whatever preset level that you want it so that you don't have to like navigate through a dark room in your house that in your you house. should be able to do anyway. The, you know, it's actually pretty cool. I really like the switches. I like the theming. I like the, I mean, it can detect what kind of light bulbs you have. Like it's so intelligent. Like it can tell if you have incandescent or LED or um, CFL. Or, I mean, all the different kind of lights and it will help. Like it has predetermined settings as part of it. If you didn't want to really get into it and super fine tune it yourself, just like out of the box, it will, it will bust three scenes together for you. But it does all that over your existing circuitry. Is that yeah. how it figures it out? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they, they have, because it's all like voltage amperage ohmage stuff. That it yeah. So figures it, out all that and stuff. it doesn't take batteries, right? Because it's getting line feed power. Uh, it's got, Bluetooth technology to it. So you actually connect it to your Wi-Fi in your house. So that is part of the way that it connects. But the thing is, is let's say your Wi-Fi goes down, there's still regular switches. It's not like you're without lights because, you know, the technology part of it's currently not working because mm-hmm. your Wi-Fi is down or whatever. So the thing that really works is what I've put on this list is just kind of like a starter pack, just something to kind of wet your palate a little bit to see what they are. The pack that I won which I was so happy I won because I left going, these things are awesome. I'm going to buy it. And they're like, hey, we drew your card out of a bowl and we're going to send you this huge package. Amazing. And I'll tell you, I did have a problem installing my house because I don't have a proper ground wire because of the age of my house. I called him up on the phone and one of the guys like FaceTimed me for like three hours. Like I'm holding my phone in, in front of the the, the box. box and he's like drawing up the wiring diagrams. He's like, okay, take that wire on your left. No, not that one. This one. Yeah. 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 That's the one that and he's watching me as I do it. And he helped me wire it all up. 
That's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's above and beyond customer above service. Above and beyond, right? So I love it. Highly, highly recommended for me. I was waiting for you to say in your story that you were in Germany and you were like playing with the mood lights in your house. And so, the you know, yeah, Michelle was going to freak out because he was like, you're sitting here and the lights are going back and forth and off and on and off and on and all yeah. that stuff. That's what I would do if it was me. I would I've done that. Out, I've know? done that to my daughter before. I'm thinking like, you need to go to bed. So instead of yelling across the house, you need to go to bed. I just turn the lights off in her room. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you're up. Okay. So I will stay in that somewhat technological vein. And although this is really sort of applicable to your work practice, I guess, but um, it's a 26 by 17 light table, like a portable little light table. Yeah. And it's a, essentially it's a, it's just a 0.4 inch piece of glass. Right. You have one. It's in your office, right? I've seen it. It's an LED table, right? It's an LED light and it's adjustable variable um, lightness, density, whatever you want to call it. Brightness. That's the word I'm looking for. And I think it's a great little thing, and it's easy to, if you wanted to pack it around, but I keep it in my office, um, and I use it because, you know, as an architect, you want to be able to trace over something on top of something else on top of something else, and you right. turn up that brightness, and I can get, you know, four sheets of paper that I'm drawing, you know, regular sheets of paper that I'm yeah. drawing to and tracing over and kind of getting that stuff together. And You like it? Yeah, I do like it. And again, it's it's really lightweight, and it's easy to, like, if I wanted to take it with me, I could. And they come in various sizes, but um, I like the one that's kind of big enough that I can do stuff with. I mean, they have yeah. them that are like eight and a half by 11 size, right? Yeah, so if smaller you ones. carry it around with you all the time, you could. But yeah. that's my next gift. It's fairly inexpensive. It's not too bad. and um, But I think it's a it's something I use almost every day. Kind of suggests or supposes, I'm not sure which is the right word to use in this regard, that the person you're giving it to actually sketches. This is true. So that's kind of an important caveat that just because they're an architect, they may not have a need for this. This is true. But for those who do sketch, who do draw, and use trace paper like I do, like it would be pretty, the number of times, probably at least a few times a month, I will go over to the window and I will tape things on the window because I need to see through something a little bit better. Yeah. A lot of times I use it when I'm taping together sheets and I need to make sure that everything lines up well. Like like even on regular, because it works on regular paper too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what I mean. That's what I was saying. I could stack up. Yeah, regular paper, regular not just paper, trace. Not just trace. Yeah, that's an important distinction because like if I was Xeroxing five or six things and I want to assemble them before I put my trace paper over it, I'll need to... I'll use like a light table or in my case, since I don't have one, I'll use a window so I can make sure everything's lined up. A natural light table. That's right. Earth's light table. That's right. It's a little more cost effective, but it's not this nearly as convenient. Convenient. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's another, another good whiff. I think we're four for four, right? I take all these. Clearly I take the ones on my list. Of course. Yeah. Okay. The next one I have, this is, I'm not sure what category to put this in. It is the, Ember Temperature Control Ceramic Mug. What this thing is, is basically it's a stainless steel mug that has a ceramic coating on it that has a lithium battery in it, and it sits on a charging base and will keep your beverages hot for either if you leave it on the base all day long or if you take it off the base and you know, you're know you freelancing around the office. It'll keep your temperatures hot for up to two hours. An hour if you like them super hot. It has an app on your phone that you can use. So you can set like what temperature you want your beverage to be at. Like say the default, I think they have it is at 130 degrees. So whatever the liquid you put in there, 
it will maintain that temperature of that liquid at 130 degrees. But if you wanted to say, I want 135 because I have such a discriminating palate, I need that, that I'd notice the difference. Because I have no feeling in my tongue. <laughs> That's right, because I drink boiling hot liquid all the time. I don't drink coffee. I was going to say, this this is a weird gift coming from you from somebody who doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, but Sounds I... Sounds like a coffee drinker's yeah, dream. Yeah, it would be great for coffee drinkers. I drink a lot of tea, and especially as we're heading into the cooler months. I might even be known to partake in a hot chocolate at the ah, office. Okay. Right. And the thing, this falls into the, if I have a hot beverage, if it just drops a little bit, it tastes cold to me. And I go, things that are room temperature that are supposed to be hot taste cold. And things that are room temperature that are supposed to be cold taste hot. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So it's like I my. Think you're a little more particular than I. I mean, I'm discerning. It's 128 and it's cold. I'm out. 130. I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so like, so I was at Costco like two weeks ago, and for $3, they had like a 5,000-pound box of individual Swiss Miss chocolate, hot chocolate packets. Packets. I mean, there's like 100 in this thing. I mean, it's easily. It's one per day for all winter. It's so many. I, had a, I bought a box, not that box. I bought like a regular box at the grocery store last year. I think I drank, like it was like a 12-pack, and I drank number 12 like a month ago. Yeah. I mean, it lasts a long time. This has like a hundred. So I was like, I'm not going to keep it at my desk. I put it in the kitchen. I was like, everybody just like go crazy with the hot chocolate. <laughs> but the thing is that I'll make a hot chocolate. I'm drinking it. All right. I don't just like drink it until it's done. I set it down because I work, right? I got work to do. Mm. And then I pick up later. I'm like, this has ice in it. This, this is, is cold. So this is now cold chocolate. And yeah. Not the good kind. And it's, yeah, it's not like, you know, ugh. and I might not set it at 130 even. I might even be more like a one. 117, very specific. That's perfect temperature. I want it hot enough to where it doesn't taste cold, but not so hot that I'm, I'm like burning your mouth, removing or, yeah. skin from my palate. Yeah, exactly. Hot enough that it's hot, but not that you're having to blow on it every time you take a sip. Yeah, kind I don't of have to like brace myself. So it's a it's like a battery powered mug essentially. Basically, yeah. It's got a little heating plate in the bottom, or no? Yeah, so it's got or the whole sides. Like so, it's got a disc that's got charging pins in it. Mm-hmm. And you can set it down on this disc, and that basically just charges the battery that's within the cup. But the cup itself has a battery and a heating element that when you like lift it off the heating, the charging pad, you know, it works. It'll the, keep it heated. The charge, yeah. the pad has nothing to do with the heat. The heating element and the battery are all entirely contained within this mug. This is not like a hot plate that you set a cup down and the cup gets hot, and that's what keeps your drink hot. This actually heats the cup. The cup. But I thought it was cool, and I like the idea of it. And since I don't like hot beverages that are room temperature, like I'm out. Well, that's not a hot beverage, but yeah. Yeah. That's a room temperature beverage? Yeah. Well, no, I don't like hot beverages that are now room temperature. That's what I don't like. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. What do you got? You're next. I have, and again, this is sort of, I have a proclivity for geeky sort of nerdy things, right? Yeah. And I, I love these things, and I have several of them in my office. This is Lego architecture sets. Yeah. Those are those are some of my favorite. I like the bigger ones. Some of the smaller ones that are not many pieces, I don't really I'm like, oh yeah, I can't you can't make the aft tower out of four pieces. That's not even, you know, that's just garbage. Right. They do it anyway, but sorry Lego. But um <laughs> you know <laughs> the set that they have two right now, they have a the United States Capitol that's like a thousand pieces. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then they have a Guggenheim. And I have the old Guggenheim, which is a much smaller slit, but they made a larger one. 
And so I enjoy those because I put those together with my daughters, you know, and it's sort of a let them learn a little bit about architecture, but have some fun kind of thing. And so and they still do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My, uh, not my oldest, my youngest still does it. Um, she's really big into Legos. And so, well, that's cool. Uh, but I like the Lego thing. And then when I, they're done, I kind of keep them in my office at my desk or something like that. So I've yeah, I have a, a couple of them. I have a couple of those small ones Yeah, and, uh, they're fun and they're cool for like four minutes. Cause then you're done. Yeah. Like I don't need to look at the instructions on how to put it together. Yeah. And then I'm done. And you know, and I I didn't really keep I didn't put anything on this normally on almost all my lists. I want some technology gadget. I want something that's going to entertain me on Christmas Day, like like those noon light switches, right? If I got those as a present, I would know for the rest of the day I'm putting these in. Like, and that would be a lot of fun for me. I like the I like the get it out, pull it apart, put it together, figure it out. The technology. I like. I need something. To occupy my time on Christmas Day because Christmas Day is pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, the family, the food, the, yeah, it's boring. Yeah, it's so dull, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, when you got little kids, then they're like going crazy over, you know, Whatever, box, yeah. a box of crayons or something. You're like, that's cute for a while, but then you're like, do we have any more mimosas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time for turkey. Again. We don't. I'm good. We're making more, right? So, I've got to go to the store. <laughs> Which is closed. Exactly. I had, so, I had to drive around for three hours to find one that was open. So I like the aspect of having like a thousand piece capital yeah. to put together because that would take a couple hours. Yeah, maybe. But well, yeah. if you're working with a nine-year-old or something. Yes, for sure. If you're just like, get out of the way. Daddy's going to bang this out in the next hour. Yeah, no. Right. You know, we have, I have a, they have several of the older ones that I really like that are discontinued that I want to get that are big, big pieces. They have a, um, a falling water one that's like, several thousand pieces and it's a big yeah that'd be fun but it's fairly expensive now because it's secondary market sure that's like 250 dollars or something did i ever show you so you know i went to shanghai uh with my wife last year and we went to some of the the crazy asian markets that are actually like gargantuan but they're like in train stations yeah and uh lots of lego gear but to try to avoid some of the the licensing issues, like instead of Star Wars, it said Star Warts, right? Like they just changed the name. Like everything about it looks exactly the same except for it says Warts. Yeah. One of them said Star W-R-N-R-S. Wieners. <laughs> it said Star Wieners. And uh, it was like, it was like eight, eight dollars. Yeah. They'd have to be slightly off key cause they couldn't match the song exactly. Yeah. All right. So I like Legos were a big player in this house a couple of years ago, but they haven't, they've moved my daughter. She's 14 now. She hasn't been interested in that kind of thing in four years. Yeah. Well, and my daughter, my youngest is 10 and my entire kitchen table is Legoland. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Like, what you, have you seen the one that's the architectural studio? It's like all white yeah, bricks. I have, I have three of them. Yeah, those seem like they'd be fun. Yeah, they're pretty for, cool for grownups. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Grown-up architects. Yes, they would be. The only problem is they don't have enough. Like, they don't have enough of the pieces that I want. Right, like the window pieces and the you know the sort of more detailed. Yeah. Little doors can't, and can't that you kind go of stuff. to the 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 Lego shop and buy that stuff? <sighs> Maybe the windows are the hard one to find. Actually, windows and doors, or you know, you can only buy, or you know, they kind of get you with the it's four dollars a door. Like, yeah, they're gonna get you for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, here's okay, a that's 
You're like, oh, I need... That's $700 for the doors I need for this, you know... This hotel that I'm building. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next thing on my list um, is another thing. I'm so into this, and I love it. And I actually think this is a great deal. And so it's... And I'm sure you know it. I'm sure half the people that are listening to this are going to know what I'm about to say. But they've been either like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I bet they've thought about it. It is the Masterclass series. Have you seen these? So, no. so or maybe, maybe. So Masterclass. So they were actually reached out to me like, I don't know, like nine months ago. And they wanted me to help promote their Masterclass. And they're like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll send you some of these Masterclasses if you want to talk about it. Because we think people that are in your area are going are gonna to like it. And I was like, meh, whatever. And I didn't do it. Because, you know, Frank Gehry did a master class. So what they do is they, they identify these, like, really top flight or notable or celebrity type individuals that, have, that are known for being good at what they do. And they film them making this series of classes that you can buy and watch and learn, yes. learn from the masters. Yes, now right? I know what you're talking about. Yes. Master class. Well, if you look at the list of all, like they, George Burns doing one on documentaries or Malcolm Gladwell on writing or, you know, they have astronauts talking about being astronauts and they have, um, they have cooking ones. They have a bunch of cooking ones. They have. Did you say George Burns? I did. Who am I thinking of? Ken Burns. Ken Burns. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was like, so you're going to go with doing comedy and you said documentaries. And I was like, wait, what? He hasn't been with us for a while. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah, Ken Burns. Ken Burns. So they said, we'll send you, courtesy of us, because we want you to know what you're talking about. Make the pitch. Yeah. If you're going to talk about it, we want you to be honest about it, because there's no other, ways to, no other way to do it. So they sent me a link for the Frank Gehry one, which I haven't used yet, quite honestly. And a friend of mine, Eric, up at 30 by 40 Studio, he did the same thing. He watched it, and he actually has a really good video on it, a video review. And so I kind of watched it, and I thought, don't I want to do this? And I go, it actually looks pretty interesting. It looks pretty good. So I finally responded back and I said, okay, maybe I'll do this, but I have two interests. Architecture is just one of them. The other one is I like to cook and you got some really good ones on cooking here. So I'd like to see the one on Thomas Keller. And they said, okay. So they sent me the one on Thomas Keller. It's amazing. It's so great. And so here's, here's basically how it works. You can, here's why it's a good deal. If you buy one class and like, I'll use the Thomas Keller one. Cause I have watched that one. It's 22 episodes, 22 lessons. It's for, I want to say it's for $90. You get all of these. Or for $180, you get every single one that they do. I mean, every show, every class, There's and there's a ton of them. Oh, like for? Every single one. Every single person. You creative writing, play poker, learn the banjo, learn how to tell jokes. Yeah, there's tons of them. And so $180 basically says, we're opening the vault. Open you, the whole thing, you yeah. Can, you can do every single one of them. And most of the the architects that I associate with, they like to learn new stuff. Like, they like to be exposed at a level that's not just superficial, but enough to where they know how much more of a deep dive do they want to take on it. So what I've gathered from these so far, from I haven't watched all of them, obviously, but from the ones that I've internalized is... They're really, they're pretty specific, and I know someone who did one of the cooking ones, and you can upload your own video of your product or whatever it is, and they have, other students can comment on it. But it's possible that Thomas Keller might say, "Oh, you should do that." Like you can get feedback from the guy who's doing the class, huh. right? Like like they're a legit professor, not just 
I made a bunch of videos and and I'm out and I'm out. Yeah. Right. They're still kind of engaged. And as evidence that these are being very warmly received and very positively reviewed, like I'm here to, I'm standing up, got my hand raised going, they're awesome. You should do it. That's why I put them on the list is that the same people are making another series. So like the one that I'm going to put a link to in the post is to Thomas Keller's second go round. The first one, it was like on eggs and vegetables and things like that. This one is for like braising and, and, and meat and sauces, right? So it's like, you want to learn how to cook a roast chicken? He, there's, he'll teach you how to do a roast chicken. You want to learn how to braise something? Do it. Here's how you do sauces. And I, they're really, really great. Um, and since I like to cook, I love it. And, you know, the likelihood that you would get... Thomas Keller might be the most renowned and recognized chef, American chef, ever. I mean, he is the, the pinnacle. He is considered to be the very best. That guy's teaching you how to do a roast chicken? Come on, man. That's yeah. going to be a good chicken. You hope, right? Yeah. I'm just thinking in my mind of those, like, you know, Pinterest fail shows or whatever, right? And so it's like, here's my roast chicken, and it looks like, you know, a gray mush. Yeah. But these are videos, right? The yeah. guy's teaching you. Here's the technique. Here's this how you true. move the the whisk in the pan when so your sauce doesn't break, but you don't introduce too much air into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's technique involved to it and there and there's, there's philosophy. This guy's teaching you his philosophy and, and for Thomas Keller, his philosophy is slow down. Like it takes time. It Have takes time. It's yeah. patience. You want to cook good food? It's work, it's effort. It takes time. It's work for you. Be patient. Masterclass. I'm a big fan. I think it's a good value for what you're paying for. And I, well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good value. $90 is a lot for like the Thomas Keller, the second one that I'll put the link to. It's 22 lessons, right? That's a lot. How long are the lessons? Does it vary? It varies. Yeah. I haven't seen them all, but they're not short. I mean, I mean it's not like they're all five minute lessons or something. That's right. right. Yeah. You can for $180, which is twice as much. You get every all, one of them. Yeah, yeah. But it's for a year. It's basically, you just bought like a one year key to the vault. So, that's still not bad. I mean, big fan, mass class, thumbs up. Oh, that's really neat. You've got me intrigued. I'm, yeah, my interest is peaked. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go check it out. Is there, a, and there's a lot of different, there's so many of them, like topics, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. a photography or, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, art, the, any kind of thing, music, scoring, dance music. Like, if you, they have like Dead Mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dead Mouse teaches a oh, series. Oh, seriously? Yeah. On, nice. te- on techno music. On DJing or whatever? Or making yeah. it? Creating yeah. it? And then Armin Van Buren does one on dance music. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, and I go, these are all the guys that are widely considered to be like... They're, yeah, top they're of the game. Top of their game. Yeah. And there's so many of them. I, it really speaks to the testament on how good a product they're putting together because these aren't knuckleheads, right? When somebody says, hey, we want to do this, I think all these people would be skeptical. Right, like oh yeah, the people at the top of their game would be like, eh, yeah. Well, why would I do that? Yeah. Right, but there's so many like acting lessons. I mean, say, I mean, there's so many of them that you can do. Is there one on podcasting I can go check out? <laughs> Actually, there's a lot, but just not through masterclass. Oh, okay, all right. yeah. So, all right, so that's masterclass. Good, good. Right. What else? What's your next for uh, you? Okay, so my next one is completely tangent here. I know that a lot of my architect colleagues enjoy skin art Ooh, right tattoos tattoos yes yes so my next gift is a a temporary tattoo company that's called inkbox okay what they've done is they they went to i believe it was africa or south america i don't remember and there's a tribe that makes this essentially stain out of berries 
right? Like some locally kind of fruit that they use and, you know, they paint themselves with it and it's, uh, you know, for them, I think it lasts a month or something, right? They got that and figured it out. And so they, they sell tattoos that are temporary tattoos and they're only, you know, one color, kind of black that you can get a little bit of a gray now. It's a temporary tattoo that lasts about two to three weeks. Can you send them a design that they'll turn into? Well, no, that's just the thing, right? So they have preset designs, but the thing that I think is interesting now is they, they sell like a self-creative kit where you can essentially draw your own stuff. Um, and it's actually like a little pin bottle. So essentially you would be kind of drawing on yourself or on someone else. So you're, you you're, to make, draw. you're literally making your own tattoo. You're literally making your own tattoo. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that that's, that's pretty cool for a lot of the folks that really like tattoos and, you know, these kind of things. I just have, I have a few of their pre-made designs um, that I've tried out. But Really? Yeah. But I think the if I was a better artist, maybe I would do that. Um, and I know that some of our colleagues are really good artists. But also at the same time, I could just doodle around with something and make like crazy designs. And in a couple of weeks, it's gone and it's no big deal. Yeah, that's kind of right? cool. Because I had some other people that they would like test out that they wanted something, right? Like they were thinking of getting a permanent tattoo, but they were like, oh, I'm going to try it, see what it, if I like it there or if I like the size or the, you know, whatever that kind there. of. Yeah. Like the location, right? Like right. If, I, if I want it on my arm or the if small I want, of their back. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, but I think it's, it's a really cool thing for a creative person, right? Called Inkbox. Inkbox. And they have, they do have a plethora of pre-made tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Designs. That I you like the idea. On. And they come in various sizes and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, some of, I mean, they're really well done. But again, it's all sort of, it's just kind of a black. How do you apply them? Um, almost like a real temporary, ta- like a normal temporary tattoo that your kids have or whatever, right? You mean so like you get something wet. It comes you- in this, well, it actually, it comes in this, it's like a, it's not a stamp, but it's almost like, think of it like a band aid kind of thing. So it's a tattoo itself is some three plied system that you have to wet that and then you tape it to your skin and you leave it there for like 15 minutes. And then in like two days, it shows up. Like it's just sort of, mm. it's just because it stains your skin, but it has to do some stuff. There's some, chemistry behind it right that it sure it'll show up eventually so when you pull it off it's not like it's right there right yeah it's kind of light but then over time it gets the next couple of days it gets darker and then it goes away and then it starts to fade yeah again yeah. that's cool but i mean they last about two to three weeks you know i've uh, tried i've had a couple and so i've i was like well what if i don't you know what if i don't overly wash that part like i had one on my forearm right so when i shower like i wouldn't scrub or anything like that. it just doesn't matter it's still doesn't the same matter. yeah it's just i think it's the Whatever that organic stain thing is has got this life expectancy, and that's kind of like henna, but it comes prepackaged. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you. But it's not that brown, right? I mean, it's black, which appeals to me as an architect, right? Sure. This dark, bold thing. Yeah, you have to show me which ones you use, because I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I've generally, as a person, I'm down. I'm meaning, I'm not down. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of tattoos. Yeah, I know. And I'm not anti-tattoo for the reasons that people would think, and it's because personally, I don't want anything that I go. My taste changed too often to where. I go, like, if you're in the Marine Corps... Your, your ADHD doesn't allow you to want tattoos. It's really what it well, is. Well, I, I think they ought to mean something. And yeah. I think what the, what this one thing means when you're 18 years old, you don't care about it and you stop seeing it by the time you're 30 years old, right? It's just, it's there. It's part of you. you True. It's gone. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. As opposed to, let's say that you're in the 101st Airborne or something, and you and all the guys that you tried to stay alive with got some. Got the, I go, yeah. that has meaning. That makes right? sense. You go, that's, gonna, that's a reflection of a chapter in your life that I think is worth remembering. 
And you're going to see it for your entire life. Cause when you see it, you don't see tattoo. You see the guys that you put your life on the line with. Yeah. So there's some things in some capacities that I'm really down with. I go, that's exactly the reason why you'd want to get a tattoo. Yeah. You get like barbed wire across your bicep. I go, it's not going to look old. It's awesome. When you're old and got flabby biceps, it looks awesome. Now that you're jacked. Yeah. Right. So that's, but you'll just remember the time that you were jacked. Remember the time when I was jacked? When you look down at that bar, that flabby barbed wire, you're going to go, at one point in time, man, that was some taut barbed wire. This was a gun show right here. Exactly. So I'm not against the tattoo as a thing. I'm against it in, in its permanency. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I kind of, the idea that you could get a tattoo and it's semi-permanent. I mean, even if the permanency was like for a year, I'm still okay with that. Yeah. But the idea that... Oh, you're going to get a half sun, half moon or whatever. I go, that seems like spur of the moment kind of thinking, right? No, I'm not against people that have that. These are my personal predilections. So I don't judge people that have them. I go, it's just not for me. Yeah. But the thing that does appeal to me is I like the artistic nature of it. I like the fact that it says something about you as a person and I can look at your tattoos and, and kind of go, that's really neat. Or the, how, what they thought about or why is, why the fact that you have a wolf on your arm? Like, what's the story behind that? I'm that person that wants to ask people who have tattoos about their tattoos. Like, why'd you get that? And if the answer is, I saw it look good, I'm a, I go, oh, God. I mean, I guess that's the thing is, I, I don't think that that's really the majority of people that get tattoos. They're which, not, which one? They're not like, oh, I thought it looked cool. Most of the people, at least the ones that I know that have them, and including myself, right? It's got it's got some kind of meaning. It's not just, oh, that was the coolest dragon I'd ever seen. So I wanted to run it down my entire leg, you know. Well, it's, some people just really like it, and they, well, they yes. think of it as like a piece of art. They're like, I want a piece of art on my leg that it's not speaking to them. Like the, that's the, true. I understand. The internet is saying, so yeah. full of photos of stuff. You go, that looks amazing. But what does that have to do with you or your life experience? Did you involve yourself with wizards at some point? Yes, this is true. Right? I could see that, yeah. Did you have demons in your life at some point that tried to flay the skin off your skull? I mean, I understand this. Yeah. It just looks cool. This right? is true. I get that. I get I There's a place. And, and maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's the, the majority of people that I know, their tattoos have reason. Yeah. But I don't know a lot of people that are like head to toe kind of. I've got this, you know, wizards and dragons and demons, <laughs> which apparently wizards. Those are the only kind of tattoos that Bob has ever seen. No wizards, dragons, and demons. Demons. Oh, I watch a lot of movies and skulls. Yeah, and skulls. Do you know the coolest tattoo I ever saw was this one? Uh, I was in college, and this guy. And here's another thing: where you get it, it's like really. I go, man, that that's as that is as important as what you get in my mind. Yeah. And I go, if I got a tattoo, I'd want to look at it. So this yeah. guy has this tattoo. First off, let me just tell you, it was really cool. And I'll tell you why it was cool in just a second. But it was on his shoulder blade. So I'm like, that is amazing. And you can't see it. Like, <laughs> I go, I'm thinking, why would you do that? It's awesome. I'd want to look at it if that were me. So that kind of, it drove me a little crazy. So what he had is it was a perfect circle. It was probably about, I don't know, three inches across, maybe four inches across. So it wasn't little, but it wasn't huge. It occupied a shoulder blade. And it was a tartan grid it's very very colorful and it was a tartan grid it was plaid basically and because i like asking people tell me about your tattoo well his family was scottish and that was their family plaid their family tartan pattern so it had a historical but it meant something to his family and i was like that's awesome that's why you get a tattoo like that and it just looked i mean it was beautiful and i thought god the skill it took to make something like that seems like really intense I mean, it was plaid. Yeah. And it wasn't just like black and white houndstooth plaid. I mean, it was 
like oranges and browns and yellows and greens and overlapping. And it was, it was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. Kind of like, I wish I was Scottish so that I could put one of those on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least for a year. No, but see, it had reason. I yeah. I'd go, maybe I would keep that one. Yeah. But for me, I'd, I'd, I'd put it like on my forearm so I could go, I love it. I could just look at it anytime I wanted to and go amazing. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, being able to see it. Cause I've got a friend that got one when he was younger and it's like on his back. He he, he has no idea now what it looks like. Like if it's degraded, if it's faded or no he's idea. like, I can't, you know, I can look in the mirror, but that's really, it's not the same. Okay. We're down to our last gift. We've done our four. We're on number five. So I have certain categories of gifts that I always try to make sure I get something represented. And this year's list will include all Andrew's items and it'll include the ones I've talked about here, but it'll also include a lot of other things. Like I'll always put books on my list because I always like books. So there's going to be books. I'm just not talking about them. It has pages. There's all the letters in the alphabet are represented. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. And books are great gifts for ar- architects. Love. Should be great gifts for architects. That's I find right. that younger persons don't, care for the books as much really i that's hadn't been my experience really? people in my office like i get books sent a lot to me quite a bit yeah and uh the first thing i have to do is I have to write my name in them or man they will they're like it's office book i'm like no it's, they sent it to me it's my book it's interesting my book so even though i have like behind you i have a, a, a large library of books but most of my architecture books at least a, a fair chunk of them i keep up in my office because i look at them yeah, that's where I keep Source of mind. reference and inspiration. And I don't want people to, because anyone can take one and bring it home, right? And it may not ever come back, right? So I, I want to make sure I wrote my name on it. So there'll be, there'll be other items represented on this gift card. It's not just the ones we have now, but there's usually certain kind of categories that I like to hit. And one of the categories I like to hit is normally bar related. Alcohol. Alcohol related. Sometimes it's, it's tools, alcohol. right? So I've had like ice sphere makers on the list before. A couple of years ago, I think I put the Moscow Mule copper cups on there, which are great. I need more of them, actually. I only have two. So the last item on my list is wine, but not just any wine, right? Because there's a lot of garbage wine out there. And I like boxed Francia is garbage. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's garbage. I'm no. just saying it's not for me. Okay. Right. It's not for me. I'm, I, but I'm fairly particular because I don't drink that much, but when I do, I don't want to drink swill. I know you're a wine snob. I'm a bit of a wine snob. I mean, cause not a bit. I like, I like learning about it. That's kind of a, a tenant that goes through. Like if I go, I'm going to make food. I want to learn. I want to be like food master. I want to know what I'm doing. So the wine that I'm going to put on this list is actually my favorite bottle of wine. It's called Dariush, and it's spelled D-A-R-I-O-U-S-H, okay? Now, it's not cheap. It's about $100 a bottle for the cab, which that is that is a special occasion wine. That's not a Tuesday night wine, unless you had a, you know. Special Tuesday. A great Tuesday. Yeah. But. $100 Tuesday. $100 Tuesday. So my wife and I went, this was maybe before Kate was born. This is a long time ago. We went out to for a special dinner and I'm talking to the sommelier and I'm like pretending like I know some stuff, right? We're getting along. Okay. But we don't have a lot of money. I mean, we're at an expensive restaurant. So when I say a lot of money, I mean, I'm ready to drop a couple hundred bucks on dinner, but I can't drop $300 on a bottle of wine. I just, I'm not that guy. I can't double down dinner on a bottle of wine. That's right. Yeah. So I talked to the guy, I go, this is what I like. This is what we're into. This is the whatever, whatever, whatever. And he goes, we just got in a bottle. I really like it. And it's called Dariush. I was like, okay. So he brings it out and it was 
great. I mean, I loved it. But one of the things I love about this bottle is it literally, you know what? I'm going to pause this recording. I'm going to go get the bottle and I'm going to hand it to you for the rest of this conversation. Okay. So for the listeners, it'll be seamless, but I'm actually going to pause the recording here. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So we're back. I went to my bar. I grabbed a bottle of this wine because I bought a, I bought a sixer of it like a while back. I have one bottle left. It is now sitting next to Andrew. Okay. Andrew picked that bottle up. It's heavy in it. Oh my gosh. It's right? filled with lead, not wine. So at the bottom of all wine bottles, they have what's called the bell. Now put your finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How deep is that bell? It's pretty deep. Yeah. It's, it's like twice as deep as most bottles are. Yes, indeed. And if you hold it up, like, look how dark, dark it is. The glass, yeah. It's yeah, real, dark glass. You can't see anything through it, even. Yeah. Like but if I if window. I drank the wine out of it, you'd be able to see it. You'd see it's green glass. But it's really, really dark green glass. I have this kind of mental thing in my head that if I ever had a vineyard and I was making wine, the very first thing I would do is I would buy the very best bottle I could get my hands on. It would be a bottle just like that one. It'd be big. It'd be heavy. It'd have a deep bell in it. It'd be dark glass. Because I look at that and it just, it feels like quality, right? It feels like they actually care about the contents that are inside. That might be packaging, but for a group of people who are architects, packaging is a big part of it. Sure. Right? Now, the wine itself is really, really good. And Robert Parker reviewed it. So that's a, the, is that a 2015? I think that's the current this release. This is a 15, yes. Yeah, so the 2015 is the current release. And Robert Parker which anyone who knows anything about wine knows Robert Parker is like the guy that rates wines, gave that a 98, right? So it's expensive, but it's really good. And somebody who holds onto that bottle is going to know this didn't come from the grocery store, that this didn't come from, this is not a spur of the moment on the way between your house and the destination. Somebody got this bottle. Somebody's going to know that that's a good bottle of wine. Yeah, but I mean, this seems pretty amazing, actually, that it's a 98 and $100. But $100 is not, is not extreme, Right, I mean, for a bottle of wine. Yes, yeah. it's expensive, but I mean, there are bottles of wine that cost way more than that. Way more than that. That probably don't have that same rating or even, you know, are in that same rating, but not yeah. 100 bucks. They're like, you know, $400 or what some crazy. Yeah, you can like definitely, that, right? you, know you can go yeah. you can go crazy with wine. And in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't fall into the crazy. There's not a lot of people out there that can justify spending $100 on a bottle of wine. It, and it's got, it's four glasses, like yeah. four, it's four pours. That's $25 sure. for sure. a glass of wine. Yeah. That is, in my world, that's pretty luxurious. That's pretty. Oh, I agree. Know, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying in the wine world. Yes. Right. A hundred dollars. It's not insane, crazy, but, but that bottle right there, it's the last one I own and it won't see 2019. I'll tell yeah, you that. I'm, I'm sure. That'll probably go down during Christmas at some point. Oh, is it Christmas or Thanksgiving? But. Yeah. No, it won't go down on Thanksgiving. It doesn't have to be that bottle of wine, but I will tell you that if your person who you're buying this gift for, it only has to be one bottle. You don't have to buy a lot of them. You can buy one. You give that to them, they're going to know, even before they open it, that this is a good product. It's a great bottle. Packaging is on point. The label's on point. Everything about that is it's my favorite. There's, I, have no, there's, I have zero downside to that as a product. Highly recommended. With your infinite wine knowledge. All right, you're you're up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can compete with your um, wonderfulness there. Okay, so my last gift, I don't know if I can compete with a $100 bottle of wine, but it's actually it's art in a way. There's this group called Pop Chart. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I'm not. They make sort of pop culture art 
prints, poster prints, and they have a they have a large selection of these almost infographic type posters that you can get. Yeah, and they have some on. Like they have one on cocktails that has alcohol and mixings down the side, and then it has this pinwheel sort of in the middle that gives you all the different combinations to make certain drinks. Oh yeah, yeah. And they have one on beer that has all the different varieties of beer and how they're interconnected. So they have these informational yet very artistic posters. Sure. They also have some for all these, all the buildings, the significant buildings of New York. Oh, I gotcha. On yeah, this poster. Yeah. And they have one that for architects that's all these glasses worn by famous people. So they have the different frames from like, you know, there's Elvis and there's uh, the white sunglass frames from Nirvana and there's Buddy Holly and there's... That's interesting. I'd like to see that one. Thomas Edison or Benjamin Franklin and, you know, Morpheus from the oh. Matrix. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's this whole mixed bag of all these different, you know, eyewear. So, and they make several different posters. I mean, they're all like, you know, 30 to $40 for, a, you know, 24 by 36. I have a couple of them and they're, they're good quality. The paper's nice and the, I think there's most of them are screen print, you know, so it's a nice yeah. process. But they have the informational and artistic combination is what appeals to me kind of as an sure. architect, right? Sure. So they've got that vibe to them that I can learn a little bit, but they're also really cool to look at. Where do you have yours? Are they in your house? No, they're in the office. Yeah. Yeah, I have them in the office. They have one on cameras that I don't have that I would like. It's sort of a history of cameras. Yeah. And so it goes through, you know, the first camera ever. And there's like essentially images or drawings of cameras from whenever the first camera was invented until now, all the different kinds of styles and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So oh, I'm looking, I'm, I want to look that up. This they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty cool. And I mean, like I say, they have them on whiskey. They have them on, I'm looking now, they have one on sharks. They have one on whales. Mm. Um, a lot of different things that you're interested in. Beatles songs. Oh, they also have an American House one, you know, from the book, the American House. Yeah. The Field Guide to American yeah. Houses. They have a, the Virginia McLeod one. Yeah. They have a, a one that's similar to that. Like the poster. So, I mean, there's some very architectural related things, but then other things that I think architects would just enjoy. Yeah. It, it's hard to go against any kind of good graphic. Yeah. Well, cool. I dig it. I'm going to check it out. I like that kind of stuff. I don't know. You know, my first reaction was, ooh, we need something to put in our bathroom at the office. <laughs> but that kind of went, well, not that they they need to be in the bathroom. I'm sure that, they, that that's not the point of it. I just no. know that in my office... They would work okay in a bathroom. We they need would give you something, something to look at. But, you know, yes, they are... I mean, they are display-worthy pieces, I think, most of them from, from a standpoint. Okay, so there you go. There's 10 gifts that will all be represented on the 2018 version of the What to Get an Architect for Christmas list. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It's a good list. It's an interesting list. Yeah, and like I said, there's more stuff that's on the list. Like last year's list had 43 items on it. Whoa. Well, okay, so you even pointed this out because we were talking about this last night. Uh, there's duplicates that go on these lists, right? Because I don't come up with 100% original ideas all the time. And what? And I know, crazy. But the reason I don't is because people ask for links. Like, I always include the sketch paper I use. So I always use the pens that I use. There's certain things that I get asked over and over and over out throughout the year because I don't have, like, the same 10 people that read my site. So every year, like... 75% of the people that read this list are not familiar with any of the other ones. So rather than me have to go, Oh, go look at this other one. Or it's like, I use my put out voice. <laughs> I know, I like it. So instead of me having to, I go, you know what? Everybody always asks about the, the Tombow markers I use. Everyone always asks about what pens do I use? What about the trace paper? Like even when I had that couple over here the other night, I gave them a roll of trace. You would have thought I just handed them the keys to the kingdom. 
right? And I was like, <laughs> you're like, this is uh, two dollars and thirty cents. I go, a roll. I got a lot Have of this it. stuff. Yeah, you know, and they're like, because mo- a lot of people don't know what it is. Like, if you don't do what we do, but it's something that, like, if you're say you're a parent buying a gift for your senior in high school who's going to go to architecture school, getting a roll of trace would be kind of a big deal. But that parent might not know because they don't follow me on Instagram and know that I use trace paper. You know, like, there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, and then I also I always add some new books. But then there's always a handful of books that I kind of go, I'm going to curate a couple of the really good ones out. Like, don't miss these. If you missed these last year, don't miss them again because they're really, really good. Well, and there are a certain number of books I think that should be in every architect's library, right? I mean, like, there's a a baseline of book value, right, that you should have. Yeah, if you have any books, these these should be the first five or six that you put in there, right? So I'll put a couple of those in there. So there's always a couple of rehashes. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because people ask about them every single year, like architectural graphics. Every year, somebody asks me about architectural graphics. So I go, you know what? I'm just going to put it on the list every year. It's a default. It's going to go on the list, but it's a good list. This is good. I like the variety we put in this year. I think I kind of hit the, the nice range. And the truth is, is I want everything on my list this year, except for the things I already have, like the noon light switches, but I'd take more. I would take more. Hint, hint. And I would definitely take more of that wine. Well, yeah, who wouldn't? I'm like, it's out. It's on the couch. I'm like, well, what time is it? <laughs> All right. This is this is not going to make 2019. It's not going to make November the 18th or right. the next it's day. Not, it's not going to make it till tomorrow. Thank you for being with Andrew and me for episode 13. What to get an architect for Christmas. pretty sure this was our best episode ever and for that reason i would really like for you to take 30 seconds out of your day and head over to itunes and leave us a five star festivus rating if you haven't already makes a huge difference and will definitely put me in the holiday spirit without actually having to drink spirits be sure to visit the original life of an for show notes links infos and photos from the episode thanks so much for tuning in and ho 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 happy holidays everyone pay attention to you right that is true so that's a default i know so when you oh just focus let's get going here i'm sorry man it's like you're a smoker or something how, how you got so much fluid i, I don't know i've been fighting the cold <laughs> my entire life it's life <laughs> i haven't been feeling well since last you know birth <laughs> so if you like eating that's a good place to go yeah you can actually get like bird on a stick, like the whole bird. Yeah. On a stick. Yeah. yeah. And like they run the stick like and they fold yeah, like its a, neck. A, yeah. And the beak is it's it's a horror show. Yeah. But I can imagine. I bet it's delicious. Yeah. I tried it, I was like, I'm gonna get one. And they're like, No, we gotta get going. I was like, Come on, don't you wanna see me eat this thing? <laughs> Did you see the like, whole bird on a stick? Like, no, it wasn't a big bird. It's like, well, yeah, it's it, was, like a, it was a baby bird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you want to see me eat a sparrow on a stick? Yeah, but look, it's glazed beautifully. I know it's it's a beautiful dead charred bird. You and I can go out to eat. Okay. Hold on here. I sold him on.
fo 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 show if i had so. a if i had a fo restaurant that's what it would be called <laughs> fo show for show